0: You're listening to a stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. Hey,
1: everybody, it's Dan, and welcome to the Savage Love Cast, the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Uh, the number here, 206 201 2720. The way this works, if you're a new listener, iPodder, downloader, uh, iTuneser, is people call up, they record questions. I record answers, sometimes I call them back and uh, we talk about any fucking goddamn thing we want to, however dirty, however filthy, however depressing, however hilarious. Welcome to the podcast. Here we go.
0: Hi Dan. Uh, we'll say my name is John. Um, I live in the Midwest. I'm uh, 23 years old. Uh, my question is revolving uh, uh, a breakup. Uh, last night a guy was dating for about three months told me essentially that it was over um, and it was really out of the blue Uh, 24 hours earlier complete bliss and I I basically found out that he had a gay.com profile and uh, he really just seemed like he was an intimate agony but right now um, of course I'm kind of feeling post breakup anxiety uh, and kind of depression and I didn't know if you maybe had some kind of general guidelines on how to get better after a, a relationship uh, falls
1: apart. So we just listened to your message, and I decided to give you a call back, and it turns out that there's new developments.
0: Yeah, um, so right after I called you, um, later that night, he had called me back, and he had said um, essentially that he was sorry, and... Uh, that he had just freaked out because he knew he was moving and he didn't want it to end badly. Mm-hmm. So
1: and the whole time they, you were dating, you knew that he was eventually moving away, that he had plans right. to Right.
0: Uh, when we had first uh, started seeing each other, we had agreed that it would be better to, to really get to know each other and spend quality time together, and uh, that kind of outweighed the fact that he was moving away.
1: Okay, so he, the only reason he dumped you is because he felt like he was getting too close and he was moving away and he didn't want to be entangled.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so where um, are we at now? So right now, he <laughs> he's basically done everything he could to, to, you know, make, you know, remedy the situation. He told me, you know, I want to be your boyfriend again, and uh, I, I don't care that I'm moving away, and... Uh,
1: is I there really any possibility you can time. go with him? Where is he going? Is he going to the moon?
0: Uh, he actually accepted a job in New York. Uh, so in June, he'll be moving to New York after he gets his graduate degree uh, this semester. And you're um, and where are you? Uh, we uh, live in the same town. I'm about to graduate in August.
1: Go to New York. Uh, go to New York. Move to New York. If it's love, move.
0: Yeah, um, see that's the thing and I'm now this has kinda of made me nervous about where it could possibly lead, but I think it's too early to say whether I could or couldn't do it, so um yeah, I guess that's where it stands right now is we're just kind of enjoying okay. each other again.
1: Okay, so you're back together and you don't need my advice about how to recover from an unexpected breakup.
0: No, unfortunately I don't but do you, you, need, do you, need, my, do you need my
1: advice about anything? Or you're
0: um i i guess if if it doesn't work out i my my essential question was how am i supposed to get over somebody and uh and the chance that i don't move to new york with him and this does turn out to be a pretty great thing uh how am i supposed to get over it how am i supposed to (laughs) well
1: you know what if it does turn out to be a pretty great thing and you're young Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you don't move to new york with him you're a fool because that's a time in your life when you're supposed to pull up stakes, move places, take chances, take big risks and big gambles for love. Okay. And if he wants you to go with him and you're graduating and there's not a job for you in the city where you're at, mm-hmm. you'd be a fool not to go to New York and be young and, lo- and in love and in New York. And then who knows? Maybe it'll work out and you'll stay together forever in New York or maybe you'll break up. When you get to New York And then you'll meet The man of your dreams That you spend the rest of your life with Who just so happened to be in New York And you wouldn't have been there to meet him Had you not moved To be with great. your previous lover You just never fucking know Right, right But well, you want to take a chance Every once in a while You can't just Yeah, I just I,
0: I like to play it safe And I, I don't think I could You know
1: But you know what Sometimes throwing away Someone you feel like Could be the one mm. Isn't playing it safe Sometimes right. that's the biggest risk Okay All right. Well, thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Hi, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old female, and recently, within the past six months, had a breakup that I'm very aware that I'm not emotionally over yet. Um, But God, if I am not really, really horny. Um, My problem is that... I am not attracted to pretty much anyone any longer. Um, I've dated quite a few guys. I've even you know, gone through the motions and slept with some guys, but I really don't get anything out of it. Um, I can see how people are attractive, but I am not attracted to them. Um, I'm not looking for a relationship at this time. I don't want to date them. I just want to get my rocks off. Um, and masturbation just seems to make it worse. Um, anytime I masturbate, I'm twice as horny as I was before I even started. And I do whenever I'm single I tend to play as a single female in the swinger scene and typically that has been something that really really works out for me um it's something that I don't have to worry about somebody wanting to become my boyfriend um but that's not even working for me anymore I just everyone is kind of gross to me and I don't know what to do I've never had this problem where Everyone in the world is unattractive, um, but yet I'm so horny. Uh, please help.
1: Hello. Hey, it's Dan. It's Claire there.
2: Hi, this is me.
1: Hey, Claire, what's up?
2: Not much.
1: Nice. Okay, let me let me I'm see. If,
2: about you calling me.
1: <laughs> let me see if I understand you correctly. You're super horny. Yes. When you masturbate, that just makes you more horny. Yes. But you're not actually attracted to anyone.
2: Right. I feel like my pheromones are broken. Like, even people that I used to be attracted to and maybe used to be a booty call, I don't want anything to do with anymore.
1: Well, there are times when you just need to listen to your body and listen to your libido. And your libido is either telling you to slow down and take a big fat break and just do in your own horny juices for a while and let the pressure build up. Or it's telling you that you need to find some new sex partners in new, uh, under new circumstances in new locations and different types of people, because clearly the people in your circle aren't working for you anymore.
2: I guess, yeah. I just, I just feel like I think I'm going to be attracted to them, and I find them physically attractive, but then if I go to kiss them or even get physically close to them, I'm all of a sudden kind of not into it. Like immediately, as soon as I'm about to engage in any sort of act, whether it's just something simple like a hug or a kiss, like I instantly don't want to do it anymore.
1: There's I have no answer for you. I have no good answer except wait.
2: (laughs) This doesn't help me at
1: all. You gotta tough it out sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta lay back and and let whatever mysterious path your emotions are taking you down play out. You just have to relax. 'Cause you're you're captive. <laughs> really I mean you have sad. no choice. You have no choice. You're just captive. <laughs> There's nothing okay. I can tell you that's gonna make you wanna fuck people you don't want to fuck or that's gonna make you not horny magically once you stop masturbating. Or once you you know, once you're done masturbating.
2: So, should I continue? Or Right now, I have stopped masturbating, just because it just makes me more frustrated than I was before.
1: Yes, yeah, so you should stop masturbating. If it makes you feel worse when you're done, of course, I'm, doctor, doctor, hurts when I go like this, of course, you should stop masturbating.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, it's very much fun, but then I, it just makes me want to have sex even more than I did before.
1: And there's no one around that you actually do want to have sex with. Right. And that's problem.
2: Yeah.
1: So, go go put yourself in different places with different people, hang with some new friends, Join some different swingers clubs if that's floating <laughs> your boat. Okay. <laughs> and just, you know, bring a lot of other people to your libido's attention and see if that doesn't help.
2: Okay, I'll give it a try.
1: But in the meantime, don't stress about it. And it'll probably pass. I hope so. How long has it been going on?
2: Um, probably three months or so.
1: It'll pass. Okay. It's a phase you're going through. Like way. I don't like this phase. <laughs> Pardon?
2: I don't like this phase.
1: <laughs> well, it'll pass. That's the beauty of phases.
2: Okay, good. <laughs>
3: okay, good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Dan, it's John. Uh, how are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm sitting here with this woman that I really like a lot. We've been dating for several months now, and we really like each other. But, you know, I've been getting a little bit heavier around the midsection. It wouldn't say I'm fat, but it's just a little bit. he's protruding a little bit, and I used to have a flat stomach. And even in the last few months, I think it's gotten a little bit bigger. And um, this woman, Whitney, tells me that, well, she always says she doesn't mind, she doesn't care, it's fine, you know, and she's really, really beautiful. She's got a great body, and so by comparison, I'm a little fat. And then she says she doesn't care, but then I said, would you ever tell me if, if would you tell me if my belly was starting to offend you? And she said, no, I probably wouldn't. So now she's got me over a barrel. On the one hand, she says she doesn't mind, and the other hand, she admits that she wouldn't tell me if she minded. So I was just wondering what you thought about that.
1: All right, you won't say you're fat, so I'll say it. You're fat. Studies show that obese people tend to us- underestimate their own weight, so people have a blind spot where their own weight is concerned. So if you're feeling like maybe, possibly, you're a little overweight, your stomach's protruding just a little bit, then it is. It's probably protruding more than you think it is because you deluded yourself and you have a really nice girlfriend who is uh, complicit in your delusions about your weight. So if you're feeling like maybe, possibly, you might be fat... Uh, and maybe possibly you're not as hot as your girlfriend is. and da, da, da. It's competition, and it is. You need to get your ass to the gym and lose 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 pounds, whatever it is.
4: Um, hi, Dan. My name's Derek. I'm 23. Uh, I'm an F to M, and um, I'm a fag. At least I, I kind of think I am, but that's sort of the question. I've been on T for two years, and in that period of time, I went from being just 100% attracted to women to kind of having to restrain myself from pumping the legs of unsuspecting attractive men in public places, which would be all fine and dandy, but uh, for the last four years, I've been with a really amazing woman who I really love. We live together. Uh, she's a member of my family. Unfortunately, the only one I'm supposed to want to have sex with. Um, my biggest fear is that I'll break it off with her and get this cock sucking thing out of my system and then realize that I'm actually bisexual and I've made a horrible mistake. Um, I am still a little attracted to women. It's just not with the intensity that it was before. And it's definitely not equal to the intensity to which I'm attracted to men. Um, cause this whole tranny flip flop thing is so often used as evidence against transition by our so-called friends and family. Um, the subject is sort of a taboo in my community, and I don't really have a lot of places to go for advice on it. So I'm really hoping you can help me out with it. All right, thanks.
1: Female sexuality is very fluid. Uh, not disrespecting your FTM male identity and anything or anything like that, but female sexuality is very fluid. You throw a lot of hormones at uh, at females, and it you know tends to stir that pot full of fluid female sexuality. Uh, so you're by now. Um, testosterone is a wonder drug, uh, too bad for your partner who should, uh, you should be honest with and break the news to her that not just your, uh, gender is transitioning, but your sexual interests are transitioning as well. Uh, she needs to be brought up to speed on that and you need to be who you are now, uh, for as long as you are the person you are now. And uh, be honest with yourself and your family and your lover. Uh, She has a right to know and you have a responsibility to tell. And then to be who you are for the moment.
3: Hey, Dan. I had a girlfriend who, when we would have sex, would juice a lot, I guess we'll say. Like puddles. Like, it would have to be a towel. And this and other stuff is... They made it really weird for sex, but I got through it because it didn't really bother. But what, one of the things was that I refused to go down on her because, well, one time, embarrassing or not. Um, yeah. Anyways, I was worried that I would get a bunch of fluids in my mouth, and I just didn't want to deal with it. <clears throat> it never happened. But because of this, she got really angry at me for never wanting to go down, although she could go down on me. I did a few times. It was okay. But um, we're broken up now. But I was wondering if you could enlighten on what it is that makes them turn into a little juice machine and uh, what to do if you ever encounter, or if I were ever, or anybody else were ever to encounter another one.
1: Corey there? Yeah me sorry it's Stan savage hi how are you i just woke up you just woke up where are you <laughs> <My house. laughs> what are you I wearing pardon <laughs> my underwear <laughs> wow this is the sexiest conversation i've ever had Ooh. on the podcast hey listen I, I had a follow-up question about your girlfriend the juicer okay uh can you speak directly into your phone sure sorry that's okay um, when you say she made a lot of juice, was it when she had an orgasm and all at once? Did was it female ejaculate, or did she just produce a lot of lubricant? A lot of lube. So she would just when she was turned on, it would just like poured out of her vagina. Yeah. And so you didn't want to go down on her because you didn't like that flood, that mouthful?
3: She's only did
1: it a few times.
3: Like it wasn't every time. Uh huh. It was just once in a while.
1: So she wasn't aroused every time you had sex, or...
3: Oh, I mean, she
1: would always get wet, but it wouldn't just be like, blah,
3: like towels full.
1: Right. And
3: that was a turn-off.
1: Was there a pattern when there was towels full of juice pouring on her? No clue. No clue. (laughs) Okay, and so, you know, this relationship is over, so I can't give you any advice about dealing with her. Clearly, uh, with her, you should have been willing to eat her out as you know whenever that didn't happen and that didn't happen most of the time so i don't know why you weren't eating her out most of the time
3: Mm -hmm. and the clit
1: the the clit is above the vaginal opening so you can certainly clamp your face onto her clit and let whatever's pouring out of her vagina just run down your neck or onto the bed (laughs) mm-hmm And it wouldn't have touched you at all. And if you got in the 69 position, you know, maybe it would have soaked your hair a little bit if your hair was long, but it wasn't in the way. Mm hmm. So you were a very naughty straight boy. Okay. Okay? I'm sorry. That you didn't go yeah. down on her. Because I bet every time she sucked your dick, something came shooting out of it. <laughs> oh, skinny cat, yeah. And she dealt, right?
3: Mm
1: hmm. So really, you were obligated to deal back.
3: Yeah. Well, there was other stuff that happened that ended up just like it never happened. Like, one time I went and there was toilet paper and just a lot of stuff happened that prevented me from ha- doing it.
1: And one time, like, seven clowns came tumbling out of her vagina. Yeah. You just never knew what was going to come shooting out. Fireworks.
3: Yeah. Snakes. <laughs> And it was just kind of like One thing led to another And it just never happened Uh huh And I was just you know, Well there's no
1: excuse For poor personal hygiene You know guys have to Keep their dicks clean If they expect them To be sucked And women have to Keep uh, themselves clean No like toilet papers No dingleberries In the front Or whatever <laughs> If they want to uh, Have their pussies eaten But yeah. you didn't Bring any of that up You just talked about Your fear of oh, The great okay. torrents Sorry. Your fear of the levees Breaking And your basement flooding and that's not good enough. That's no reason not to eat her out. Okay. Okay? Uh, so I was the asshole. So yes, you were the asshole. With the mitigating circumstance of it, sounds like if she was jumping into bed expecting to be eaten out and having toilet paper stuck to her pussy, that she perhaps uh, wasn't as thoughtful a partner as she could have been either. Okay. Okay? Talk to you later. Okay, thanks. Bye.
5: Dan, I'm a 50-year-old single dyke, like adjusting to being single after eight year relationship. She was very vanilla. I wasn't, but I adjusted to it. But now that I'm single, I'm finding that I want to be kinky again. The women I've dated since I have been very conservative. It's been hard to find other women my age who want to be adventuresome. But I know it will, and I know it'll take a while to find um a person of my dreams. So I started playing online and um, trying to connect with other dykes online. Um, But then I stumbled upon men online, and they knew right away I was a femme submissive dyke, but of course they liked that. And I found that that kind of play turned me on, too. I've been with men in my uh, younger years, but I've never wanted a relationship with one. Um, But I'm wondering if you think this is an emotionally damaging idea for me to pursue... In the meantime, before a relationship, uh, fooling around with guys. I like butchers with strap-ons, and I enjoy penetration play, and just for sex play, I think a guy could step in and fulfill my fantasies. I know, however, I don't want a relationship with them. I'm up to speed about safe sex issues, but not about personal safety issues for a woman hooking up with a man because I had not done it much. I've thought about the basics, meeting in public, having a safe friend who will call and make sure I'm safe, but do you have any other ideas about uh, emotional ramifications, or what I'm thinking about, or personal safety tips?
1: Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hey, Dan. I just you're got... great. Thanks for calling me. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Thanks for all the, the wonderful praise. Um, although it sandpapers all of my Catholic nerves and makes me feel unworthy, uh, but that's all right. Um, so your issues around meeting up with men for the, you know, the kinky sex and the power play sex that you want to explore uh, mm-hmm. is, is really interesting. Um, you know, you hear a lot about straight guys playing with gay guys who are into bondage and S and M, and these gay straight guys will say, you know, that they're gay from the waist up and the knees down. Right? Mm-hmm. That they're not gay in the crotch or the butt. Um, yeah. And they're not gay from the jaw up either. Uh, but they, they, because, you know, straight guys who are heavy into bondage look at a lot of bondage porn, and really the best and heaviest, weirdest bondage porn out there where people are using the most creative gear and the wackiest shit are the bags. Mm-hmm. Because they take that sort of male OCD thing that, you know, prompts some guys to build whole model railroads of huge cities in their basements and just apply it to ropes and. Pulleys and winches and sawhorses and shit and guys. In there, done that, seen it. Right, and so, so I just think it's really interesting because that's what the circumstances under which you hear about this sort of like cross orientation play in BDSM is straight guys doing it with gay guys who are just going to tie him up and let them think about pussy and let him beat off. Um, but I, you know, it's rarer your circumstance where you're a lesbian who wants to play with straight guys who are into BDSM.
5: Well, it's like I said in my thing because, you know, women my age they're just they're set in their ways and it's really difficult to find play partners and since I like butches with strap ons, I really did think maybe men could just kinda work their way in and
1: they could fill that gap for you. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Um and that's true. And they can, and your, you know, your BDSM good policy, you know, wise player stuff is true. You know, you want uh, a safe word. You want a phone number. You, you know, tell a friend where you're going and who you're meeting. You want to meet in public first. And that first public meeting with somebody that you've met online or through a kink website can't be a meeting with play. Mm-hmm. as a possibility. It should never be a let's meet for a drink and then if we hit it off we'll go play. It has to be let's meet at a time when we can't play, a quick coffee, a quick lunch mm-hmm. and then so they don't feel any pressure to put out. You mm-hmm. know, so, that, so it'll make it easier to reject them after the fact if you don't have to do it face to face. Some people have a hard time with rejection, particularly women where men are concerned and so you want to set yourself up so that you can leave it open at the end open, about whether you're going to play or not and then make your decision when you're alone about whether what you want to go forward. That's
5: a good idea.
1: The only thing I would add to your list of you know wise player moves is references. Yeah, but anybody I, who, I wouldn't know their references. Well, you wouldn't know their references, but you know what? It's really kind of hard to fake references. Mm. If what you say to this person is, "I'm I'm interested in playing with you. You seem really nice. Can I, you know?" And and if they're a player, they play with numerous women, and it's like their hobby, like their bowling league is BDSM, right? And I have to do. Yeah,
5: although some of the guys I've been meeting online, they're they're kind of more amateurs. I don't think they're (laughs) as well organized into you know groups and.
1: Well, you might want to you might want to check first with the more well organized ones because yeah. you, when yeah. if somebody's involved in the BDSM community and goes to the BDSM community events, there's really kind of a quality control aspect to yeah. that. Like yeah. there's a group yeah. of people who are implicitly vouching for this person. If he's played with other people that everybody in the community knows, if he plays with people who go to these BDSM parties and he's still welcomed and accepted, yeah, that means he's not a axe murderer and he's not an asshole.
5: That's
1: my fear, because I'm not used to feeling guys. It's a legit fear. It's a legit fear if you're playing with women or gay men, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Um, It's a legit legit fear whenever you're giving up control of your body uh, to anybody, right? So I would encourage you not to, particularly with your first explorations when you're naive about guys, not to go with, you know, the guys who haven't really done this with anyone else before, the guys who are novices, too. Go find an experienced player who has a community of other experienced players around him who vouch for him by still being around him after playing with him and play with him. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Good luck with that. She's 50. She's a lesbian. She's single. She's going to go do some BDSM. With dudes. Just goes to show that, you know, it's never too late to push your own boundaries, to explore, and to try new things. 206 201 2720 is the number if you'd like to try the new thing of recording a question for future podcast. Please leave your name and a callback number in case we want to talk with you. We promise not to put your number on the air. And you download the Savage Lovecast every week at slash savage. Uh, and we'll be back at you next week with another uh, fabulous installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.